Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's good, everybody. Welcome in to an off-season, but not really, because we've got signing day coming up on Wednesday, edition of the Sunday Smash, alongside Don, Don Irish Ophel. My name is Tom Lang. He's the managing editor of Warchant.com. I do uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but we are excited to be here on Sunday Smash, presented by State Farm agent Russ Voorhis, with about 72 hours to go until that final signature should meet the page, until there's an 11th-hour drama somewhere around the country. We just hope it's not here in Tallahassee for Florida State. Ira, how are you doing this evening? I'm great, Tom. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Wanted to see where Florida State goes and what direction they'll go with the class this week. Right now, uh, on three industry, number four class in the country. Um, then, of course, there's transfer uh, transfer portal candidates. They had the two big quarterbacks come in uh, this weekend, and Cam Ward, DG, uh, DJ Uyunglele. I'm off to a rousing start on Sunday <laughs> Smash. Maybe I should have more water from Gordo's. Um mm-hmm. Looking forward to getting some answers on on those particular visits. It was a big weekend, Ira, but there's a lot of stuff, too, team-wise, that's coming up really quickly. It feels like it's been a minute since we've seen this football team practice, and we're finally going to get the opportunity to see Florida State football, like the guys who are here, actually, on Tuesday. Uh, But it's been a bit of a break, man. Yeah, and you, I think as you were kind of alluding, that Michael Langston will be on to come on to kind of uh, tag out with me at some point during the show to to really kind of focus on some of the recruiting stuff. I can just tell you what I read and what the videos I watched and, and all that. But um, but yeah, as far as the the team coverage goes, yeah, it has been kind of weird. I think some of the subscribers on our site and uh, you know FSU fans in general are kind of chomping in the bit to to you know just see what this team is going to look like in the bowl game. And then also going forward, um, you know, some of that started to come clear into clearer picture uh, over the last day or so as some guys have announced that they're going to go to the NFL. And uh, I do like the point where we're at now in college sports, where even guys who've played six, seven, eight years of college football, who've used every possible eligibility that they have still are going to announce that they're declaring for the NFL draft. It's, which is uh, it's cool. It gives them a chance to at least thank the fans and thanks everybody for supporting them. Um, but it also, you know, in some of these guys' cases, they did have eligibility remaining, but I don't think there's really been any surprises when it comes to the NFL stuff. I mean, the guys that announced so far, especially, you know, the underclassmen, Jaheim Bell, uh, you know, Johnny Wilson, uh, you know, Trey Benson, I don't think anybody expected any of them to stay. And then there's going to be a few more. We, we certainly expect 
you know, Jared Verse. We expect uh, Keon Coleman uh, and probably a couple others to to announce they'll go be be going to the draft as well. A lot of guys in the portal too um, that did have eligibility that just said uh, you know Sayonara to Florida State. Uh, C.J. Campbell was one Ira and that that piece yeah. that you wrote on C.J. Campbell last week. If anybody's just kind of getting you know, dusting themselves off and getting back into Florida State coverage, I, I highly recommend the article. Uh, it's a great look into all that C.J. Campbell has been through. Um, but obviously you saw it today. Also, uh, was it Coach Yak that kind of quote tweeted CJ's goodbye message? It, it almost confirms, Ira, that he might not be coming back, CJ Campbell, to Florida State. That's what it felt like to me. That running back room for the Orange Bowl is going to be completely different. Uh, Lawrence Toafili uh, figures to play in the game, but Trey Benson moving on, Rodney Hill, CJ Campbell. I mean, those are the three principal figures that you saw, Ira, on the field outside of Toafili. Uh, in the ACC championship game. So that's going to be one room that looks different. Fabian Lovett, I think he's one of the people you were alluding to that might not have another day, another hour, another minute of college eligibility saying uh, goodbye. Uh, we, I would expect to see more defensive linemen, um, you know, younger defensive linemen on the field for this game against Georgia. Uh, but it's just it's strange because they have started bowl practice, and we got to see those a little bit earlier last year, relatively speaking, Ira. So I think there's going to be a bit of education for everybody once they get to see exactly what team lines up on Tuesday ahead of uh, Orange Bowl preparation. Yeah, and I think, you know, Florida State fans have, have been in a unique situation um, during the opt-out era. You know, I don't, I don't really think, um, you know, the last time Florida State was going to meaningful bowl games, uh, that wasn't a thing. You know, you didn't have guys opting out all over the place. And now, um, you know, and then last year when Florida State kind of got back to Bowls of somewhat relevance. You're playing Oklahoma, and it's a you know it's a decent uh, tier uh, bowl game. It's not one of the New Year's Six games, um, but the the players were so excited to to get to ten wins. Like they had bought in to that idea, and so many of them were going to be coming back this next year. So you didn't have um, you know, you just didn't have a lot of guys being pulled in a lot of different directions. And then the few guys you did have who were planning to play in the NFL we're not necessarily first round or second round talent. So uh, Dylan Gibbons or Jamie Robinson, or some of those guys, um, Jazz and Turnitin, guys that didn't have a lot to lose. If they could play in that game, they were going to try to play in that game. This is the first year now where Florida state's kind of where everybody else has been for the last few years, the, the elite teams uh, in terms of, you know, it's just uh, opting out is now a, it's a legitimate concern and it's a leg- it's a legitimate thing to do. Like, I don't even know, I don't know how many fans blame guys for that. You'll see some people on social media that blame guys for it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how you can realistically blame guys, especially when the season ended the way they did. I mean, not only is Florida State back in, in this unique position, but then the way things ended, um, I guess people in their minds can come up with a scenario where the players all rally around each other and say, we're going to beat Georgia and say, screw the college football playoff committee and all that. I don't think that that was ever realistic. I mean, I think that this is where it was going to go. And I think the the way you have to look at this bowl game is is very much, as you alluded to with the defensive line, and I think a lot of these positions, running back's another one. I think you're going to see a lot of Kyle Holmes and Sam Singleton. And, and, uh, and a lot of these positions, wide receiver, you're going to see a lot of Hakeem Williams, Destin Hill. And it's going to be a really about giving those young guys a chance to, to kind of get their footing um, because that's going to be a, a, the nucleus of this team going forward. Well, and we haven't gotten confirmation about ju- everybody just yet. Like, for example, Jerrion Jones is in. He's going to be playing in the Orange Bowl. He Correct. announced that this week on social media. So you could get some yeses 
from some guys who want to put a little bit more film out there for the next level to consider. Jerry on Jones in the same post said he's he's moving on to you know professional football and then he's going to play. But one group that's going to be interesting to me, Ira, is linebacker. I mean, right. DJ Lundy entered the portal this week, but I don't know that it's in the best interest if I'm uh, Kalen Deloach or Tatum Bethune to try and gut it out and play in that game, especially as banged up as they both have been in the past couple of seasons. So if you combine, I'm just going to speculate here. I, I don't think we've had confirmation on that, but if you're going to combine Tatum and Deloach and Lundy all out, well, those are your top three guys. What the heck is that position going to look like against Georgia? Yeah, and that's what I expect to happen. And like you said, neither one, none of them have announced anything. Tatum and, and Kalen Deloach have not announced anything. Kalen did tweet something a couple of days ago, basically like, you guys don't, you know, I've done everything I can for the school, basically. You know, and, and he's tr- he's right. Kalen Deloach has been here for five years. He came here under Willie Taggart and didn't leave. He, he stayed through those first couple of years under Mike Norvell and didn't leave, even when they took away his starting job. And, and, and he is a guy that has – really come through it to go from a guy that you didn't even know if could play linebacker at a, at a high level at this level to being a first team all ACC guy. By the time he's done, Tatum Bethune has been a huge impact to this team. He's played five years of college football. Those guys, one more game of tape is not going to change a lot for them. And, and to me, their position is so much different. You mentioned Jarian Jones. I think it's awesome that Jarian Jones is doing that. I think it's, it was, um, not orchestrated, but I think it's not a coincidence he was the first guy to announce, I'm playing. I think that he's got a very close relationship with his coaching staff. He's a leader on this team. I think that they, they're they hoping that that might – any guys that are kind of on the fence might encourage them to come back as well. But I think defensive back's a different type of position. I just – the collisions at linebacker, the physical te- wear and tear on the uh, on the lines of scrimmage, to me, are different than playing defensive back. So I think I – th- I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of those – Older defensive backs like Keem Dent and Renardo Green are probably the two guys you'd be concerned about opting out. It wouldn't shock me if they played, um, but it would shock me if Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach played. So I, you're going to see, uh, you know, you're going to see Omar Graham, you're going to see Blake Nicholson, you're going to see, um, you know, Demarco Ward, some of those guys, um, and I think you're going to, you know, again, they're probably going to play more nickel. They've got, you know, they they played a lot of four three this year because you had a lot of good linebackers. They wanted to get on the field. I think in this game, you're probably going to go back to more four-two-five and only play a couple linebackers. And, and really, you've got a lot of depth at safety, at defensive back, even without even if those guys uh, opt out. Well, what the heck is the offensive line going to look like? Bless Harris is now committed to TCU. Um, you know, Ira, one of the questions I hope Mike Norvell or, or one of the things he takes the liberty to speak on is just how injured this bunch was and how much they were playing through all season. You could see it in November. Almost every position group, guys were battling and fighting. And I think nobody even nobody went through more, in my opinion, than Maury Smith to gut it out and play every single week. So I don't know that it's the right decision. Even if he were to say, come back next year for year 52 in the system, Like I don't know that it would be the, the right move for him to play in the Orange Bowl considering, my man, his body could use a break. So you consider that that would be another starter with Bless Harris, who, you know, wrote, when he was healthy enough, he rotated in and out at the very least. Um, you know, where's Darius Darius Washington at health-wise? Where's Robert Scott at health-wise? Does a guy like Casey Roddick want to take one more opportunity to play? I mean, this is going to be um, quite the roster and quite the two-deep. I hope they release a two-deep for this game at some point before they kick it off. Yeah, and, and I think that that's why, you know, as you mentioned, we haven't been out of practice. They have practiced some over the last week or two. Um, over the last week or so, but they have not allowed the media out there because I think they're really trying to sort this out. Like, what is this team going to look like? And again, 
you know, I hear us talking about it and I'm sure people are like, well, geez, why would I watch this game? Well, you got to realize Georgia's going to have a lot of this too. Um, you know, they're not going to be immune. It's not like they're going to have the team that rolled out there in the SEC championship game against Alabama is going to be the same group that, that plays against Florida State. So there's going to be some of that on their side as well. But I really think, you know, and again, it would have been a dream scenario. I get it. Everybody hated the college football playoff committee. You'd like to tell Herb Street and Feinbaum and, and the rest of them to go stick it up where the sun don't shine and, and win that game. And maybe they can win that game. But when, but what's more realistic is I think you need to look at the 2023 season has ended yeah. in Charlotte with that undefeated 13-0 season, winning that AC championship beating both your rivals, doing all the great things this team did in 2023, and then look at this this game as an opportunity for a bunch of young guys and you know the Jarian Joneses and if any of those other veterans want to go out one more time um, and have you know one last chance with their teammates, that's awesome. Uh, and that you know every one of those that does it gives you a better chance to win, gives you a better chance to be competitive. So that's awesome that Jarian's doing it, and maybe some of these other guys will do it as well. It wouldn't shock me. If, if, if some of these other seniors who are going to the NFL this, or juniors going to the NFL decided to play. But, um, you know, I, I don't think you need to look at this game. This, to me, whatever happens this game, to me, is not a referendum on this team or where the program is going. It's just one game kind of in the ether before you kind of continue building this team for next year. Yeah, to me, it's like a spring game where the quarterbacks are live and special teams are actually played out. You know, it's just you, you get an opportunity here to make a statement if you're if you're somebody like a Hakeem Williams or a Destin Hill, if he's healthy enough to play. And, and that's another thing. You got to sort out who's actually healthy enough to play in the game from the underclassmen ranks. But here's a chance to make a stamp before you get into spring camp. Mm-hmm. I know that that's not the way anybody wanted this situation to be. But here we are. And on that note, Ira, you know, we come at this a little bit differently in our in our two gigs. This is my alma mater. I've always cared about Florida State in a way that's extra emotional because they've always been my team since my sister went here in the 90s. You know, you've covered this team and this program for a long time, and you've seen all the ups and the downs. But I got to tell you, talking to any fan, every fan, like me in town, not in town, family, extended family, they all say the same thing, Ira. It's been two weeks, and it hasn't gotten any better. In fact, a lot of them are they're more angry about the situation as time goes on. It hasn't softened, softened the blow from the playoff committee. I'm just wondering from your perspective, how you see it, how you feel it two weeks out. No, I mean, it hasn't lessened at all for me. I mean, and it, to me, and it's, it is different for, for me, from you and a lot of FSU fans because I didn't grow up an FSU sports fan. I didn't grow up a college sports fan when I was in my formative years until I started going to college. I really didn't know what college football was really all about until that time. And, and, and as a journalist, you know, I'm not going to feel it the way, you know, you will and, and a lot of the people watching this will. But as a lover of sports and competition and fairness and what's right and wrong, this is going to piss me off forever. And that's why, and I will never stop tweeting at Herb Street and those people. I will never stop. I don't think I ever will. I don't think I'll ever be able to watch any of those people who lied through their teeth about what just happened with, and not see them through that prism for the rest of my life. I don't think I'll ever see that any differently. And it doesn't matter if it goes to 12 teams or goes to 24 teams or whatever. Like that's how I'm always going to see it. And I think what the only sense of gratification I have right now is I think the fact that you're seeing Herb Street still getting emotional about it. The fact that you still see them 
people at ESPN and people at the College Football Playoff Committee still mounting their defenses and expl- trying to explain things. I think it's going to eat at them for the rest of their lives as well. And so we'll see. I, I mean, you know, they're, they're sleeping in million dollar homes. I don't know if it's going to keep them up at night, but, uh, but I do think, um, you know, they knew, they know they screwed Florida state and, and we know it and nothing's going to change that. No, you're right. A, a lot of the casuals will say it's going to 12 teams next year. So it's not that big of a deal in the long run. Now, it's never like there are times Ira that FSU Twitter, even though, you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm an FSU guy in terms of media coverage, they're ridiculous. This is not one of those times. Not one of those times. This is not one of those times. Anything that's within reason. I'm just talking about the passion, the engagement, the relentlessness, like you're speaking about. Yeah. It's not unreasonable. This is it. It has not gotten easier. Two weeks later, and it never will. It, Ira, the pandemic was what kept us from seeing whether um, Trent Forrest and those Seminoles could get to the Final Four. You know that that was a worldwide event. This was 13 people in a room in Texas. Right. That- and that's the, to me that, and to me, there's the, there's the big difference. Uh, the, the 2020 Florida state men's basketball team will always wonder what if, and we'll always feel bad that the, of how that played out. And we'll always, you know, just kind of wonder about that team and, and feel bad for them, but not the same way as this, this was something that you earned this is something that this team earned and fought for and played through. You, t- you mentioned it. All the things they went through this season, this was not a team. This was not the 2013 team that cruised, that steamrolled everybody. This team, they had to find a way so many different times to get to that finish line. And then just as they get to the finish line, somebody just tears it down and says, oh, no, you actually weren't even in the race. It didn't matter what you did. I mean, that's it's so, yeah, this is com- to me, this is completely different. And the it, it – it's more, I think it's always going to be a little bit more anger than sadness. Whereas I think the basketball is probably a little bit more sadness than anger. Yeah, no, that's a good point. This is, this is vitriol. It's, it's not going away. I look forward to seeing uh, a lot of Knowles in Dublin and, I, and I'm sure <laughs> let's just make sure that those are happy memories and, and the, the, those are happy Guinnesses that everybody shares. Not, not with angry energy, but happy energy. It's just, well, uh, go ahead. Can I, can I just can I say one thing just cause I know my time's going to wind down here so people can hear what they really want, which is recruiting news. Um, I, I, I just want to reiterate what I said before is like that season, like I'm still very excited about next season. Yeah. Uh, and you think about what Florida state's doing right now, the, some of the, the, the moves that they're, they're trying to make in the transfer portal, you know, uh, Pete, uh, Nakos, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name from on three, just has, has a story on the website about, you know, Florida state's the only, you know, DJ Uyungle and, and Kim Ward are two of the top quarterbacks available in this transfer portal. Florida State's the only one that's gotten two of the top ten on their on their campus, and Florida State's you know got a chance now. With it may be a situation where they get to pick, it may be a situation where they get one of the two. Either way, there's a very good chance you're going to have a very experienced, quality college quarterback on this team next year to go with what you already had. Um, you know, if you look at what they've built, um, the talent on this team, even with some of these these guys who are leaving. I still am very excited about what this team could do. I'm very excited about what Mike Norvell has built in this program. And so, yeah, next year is going to be a lot of fun, no matter even as much as this stunk and no matter what the bowl game looks like, I don't, 
it's not going to change my perspective. I don't know. Is it going to change your perspective at all uh, going into spring practice? No, no. Uh, now it now there's this uh, the revenge tour idea. A lot of people cited the revenge tour this season. You know, in, in Florida State going thirteen and zero. There's a measure of that. Like the roadie to wake. They took personally. It wasn't just the fans. Right. That locker room took that personally. You documented that. You were on the ground for it. Um, now. That climb, that one to where you know they can't keep you out of the invitational, right. man, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the steps that they take. I don't know that they can take all of them next year, but you know, getting a quarterback out of the portal like one of these two would help. Gives you a chance. And so the last question I'll ask you, Ira, and then we'll brag on uh, Russ Voorhis because he did something really cool this week. Uh, just when you worry about the dregs of humanity like the college football playoff committee, then people remind you about the good and things and the good in the world. Uh, but between DJ, you and Cam Ward, who do you like for Florida State? You know, I was talking to somebody about this last night. I, 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 I lean towards DJ just because I know more about DJ. Like I've seen him play in person. I've seen him play a lot. I watched a lot of Clemson games, even when they weren't playing Florida State, just because they're in the ACC and you, you know they're getting ready to play Florida State. And you, so, you, so I've watched a lot of him, and I always felt like, for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, I thought they had made it so clear to him when he was at Clemson that they had no confidence in him throwing the football that it it to me it 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 changed him as a quarterback. There was a time when he was a five-star quarterback and it wasn't just because he's a big, strong kid. And I thought that the way they used him made it clear to him that they did not have any confidence in him. They didn't trust him. They'd run him draws on third and seven. I mean, they just did not want him throwing the football in any obvious passing situations. But we've se- I've seen him play well when he came here a couple of years ago. So I think to me, I know, and it's mentioned in Pete's article um, as well, that he's got an un- unnamed uh, college general manager saying that, you know, he knows that DJ has been in pro-style offenses. Cam yeah. Ward has not really been in pro-style offenses, at least as far as we know. So is it going to translate as well? You know, we'll see. I don't have any doubt Mike Norvell will tailor things to whoever he has a quarterback. So I think he'll make it work. But I'm a little bit more partial to DJ just because it's a little bit more of a known to me. I just didn't watch a lot of Washington State. But I obviously have great respect for the numbers. Um, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves with Cam Ward. So um, I don't think they could go wrong. They both seem like good kids in terms of like uh, you don't hear bad things about either one of them. They both seem like guys that, you know, would would fit in, probably fit in well. We know that the staff does a good job of that, of, of marrying newcomers with existing teams. So, uh, I just think they're in a good spot. The fact that they that both of them show the interest to come on this visit, uh, you know, again speaks to what what this program is doing and what Mike Norvell is all about. No, agree. That's well said. The the number one concern I have for DJ is the inconsistency with the passing and the accuracy. The number one concern I have with Cam Ward is he put the ball on the ground 14 times this last year. 14 times. Can't be having that. But there's a lot of pluses, more pluses than negatives. That's why they're here on campus. So, Ira, before we say adieu for now, uh, State Farm agent Russ Voorhees helped. He joined in the uh, the War Chant community in the Tallahassee area's uh, charge for the guardian ad litem of the, oh, big nice. man of the second circuit this week. He helped uh, contribute to what was basically when you include the toys that people raised for the bowling tournament on Monday night, $10,000 to the guardian litem of the second circuit. And we want to thank Russ for being one of those who supports uh, local charities like the guardian ad litem. Ira, great job this week. You came to the bowling tournament. Thank you for helping elevate the voice of uh, the shows this weekend, uh, this week. And, and to that end, 
Now it's about a five-figure donation to the Guardian Ad Litem. So thank you to Russ as well. And, and he's more than just a, a nice guy, Ira. He also knows a heck of a lot about insurance, and he can help you throughout three states as well. He is. He's uh, a, a very, very knowledgeable, very experienced in insurance. And like you said, he's got two offices over there in the Jacksonville area in Jacksonville Beach in Orange Park, where you can go in in person and get the, the face-to-face contact and really sit down with you and kind of go over your options with any kind of insurance you need. But then also, if you are in Florida, Georgia, or Alabama, just give them a call. Go to their website. They get a lot of people to RussVorhis.com, Russ, R-U-S-S-V-O-R-H-I-S.com. And uh, they get a lot of people that request information there. Then you get a follow-up phone call, and they'll walk you through it as well. So, uh, And that's cool, man. I didn't realize he supported uh, the the cause, and and that's awesome. Congratulations to you and Jeff. Uh, What you guys did is is really remarkable, and it means a lot to uh, Tallahassee. It does. Well, and and thank you to everybody out there in the chat because there was a big, big turnout on Thursday. Uh, So, Ira, cheers to you. It's going to be a a week of, um, you know, probably some bullets will be sweated out, the pours, uh, the 11th hour kind of stuff. And we're going to talk to Michael about that in just a minute. But I'll see you on that uh, 1030 Zoom call where we uh, figure out exactly how we're going to line it all out for this week. Talk a little signing day. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, Have a good rest of your show. Thank you. 15 seconds from Russ Voorhis right now. Contact Russ Boris for an auto quote today. Almost the perfect time to segue. Like that 15 seconds is nice. It's clean. And here he is now, the senior recruiting analyst for Warchant.com. He was out there in the uh, tail end of a nor'easter this morning as it blew through Tallahassee. His name, obviously, is Michael Langston. Michael, how you doing on a Sunday night? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Uh, another busy weekend. Uh, certainly, you know, I, I feel a profitable one. Anytime you have two transfer quarterbacks on campus, one talented defensive end that oh happens to be a, a legacy recruit, and then and then obviously you have you know, all the commitments. Uh, certainly five star plus KJ Bolton there. So it was a lot going on as they put a bow on this uh, you know potential uh, you know class coming up, and uh, you know it's a uh, it was an exciting weekend. <laughs> interesting weekend just uh different ways of you know both tracking down people and just uh you know trying to get as many interviews as we can uh matt lasser did a great job as far as uh i think he tracked down the the big cam award story and and uh, got that really quickly and and um just uh you know a lot of grunt work it wasn't just us ira was handling things you were handling things with the updates and the videos so uh kudos to our team i just love our team i mean Guys, when I say this team is a real team, it is like we do everything together. So uh, kudos to everyone on the staff if I'm forgetting somebody because it is a team effort. It's not just me that I'm just handling recruiting and nobody else. I mean, I I always want to make sure that uh, I I give these guys all the love they can because you guys all help us. It's a team thing, uh, you know, and uh, but a really good weekend and uh, certainly a, a long weekend and it's not over. I will have a recruiting wrap late tonight. I'll probably be late tonight because I got to take some calls and, you know, see what I'm I'm hearing uh, as far as all these visits go. And then all the, I guess, the remaining guys that, you know, they could possibly uh, potentially land. So, um, yeah, pretty fun. 
Well, uh, thanks for the kind words, Michael. It was a fun morning. It was a busy morning. And, oh, yeah. uh, like, you know, last week was good, too. Don't get me wrong. But there's, there's some heavy hitters this week that showed up on campus. Some big-time names. Uh, some guys that have been locked in with Florida State forever, like Cam Davis. And he's a great interview. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a perfect fit yeah. in that locker room. But I do want to start with the portal first. Yeah. Uh, quarterback. I mean, if it was – Michael, if there was a battle for, like, you know, a guard job and we were picking between two – Maybe that's not what you leave with, but it's quarterback. And we're talking Cam Ward and DJU. Uh, what do you think about the way Florida State handled the visits? They got Cam in first, DJ right behind him. Maybe they were on campus at the same time briefly. I'm not sure. But uh, how do you think Florida State came out of it in both those quarterbacks' eyes? And do you think Florida State has a has a pick of who they like more at this moment, or, or are they still kind of studying and making a, a call on that? Yeah, Um I think they handled it phenomenal. I was like thinking like, how are they going to do this? Like when I first heard they were, you know, both visiting and, and they did it um, about as poetic as you could do it. You know, Cam got there, you know, around Thursday and then, um, you know, did the visit, did all the meat visit on Friday. um, And then he was gone by, you know, really, really early in the morning on Saturday. I want to say around 3 a.m. And, um, you know, and then DJ comes in there. He got there Friday night maybe some overlapping as far as uh, maybe, you know, dinners and stuff like that. But overall, I think, um, I think it was just perfectly executed. And two, I think the main thing is when you're hosting two guys like that, you have to make sure all of them are getting the priority time, you know, with whether it's Tokars, whether it's Norvell, and they did an excellent job of making sure each one of them, you know, felt like, Hey, we need you. Like you're a priority to our, our program. And, and both of them, you know, my takeaway from both of them was phenomenal guys. You know, phenomenal guys of, if you put these guys in the locker room, the quarterback, in my opinion, is always the most pivotal uh, player on the team uh, because he has the ball. He's the only guy on the field that has the ball in his hands every play or basically every play. So I like to see body language of stuff that I look for. Um uh, Matt talked to uh, Cam and he sounded really good. And then obviously I got up with DJ today and I was, I was blown away of just his calm demeanor and, and to just, it's, it's really impressive when you have a guy that played at Clemson and I know he plays at Oregon state now, but and and now in the portal, but the way he praised Jordan Travis was uh, extremely impressive. It wasn't just like, yeah, this guy is good. It was kind of like he's done so much for Florida State. He understands that. So a guy that potentially could be coming into your program, understanding the value of a Jordan Travis and the value of what he's done for this program the last three years is, I think, a big deal uh, to me. Uh, as far as a priority, I mean, I just got a sense like this is just me, guys. It's not me getting intel. It's more mm-hmm. so my opinion of, I feel like Cam Ward is the guy, you know, that if I was picking one that I think uh, they would prefer, I, I haven't heard that. I'm just, like I said, it's just my opinion. Um, but I think they would love either one. Like, I think just the body language of stuff that DJ said since it, 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 it felt like more like I'm sold on it and they're sold on me. And, but it wasn't like, I don't know the push that I, I felt when, when, Matt interviewed Cam. Um, so it's close, but uh, that's kind of my feeling of just coming out of the interviews. Uh, like I said, I think 
they wouldn't be visiting if FSU wasn't really high on both of them. And I think they're really high on both. But, and uh, I, I listened to Ira and what he said, and, and a lot of what he said makes a lot of sense. If you've sensed like the offense, the, the calmness of what they run, um, ball protection, as you mentioned, 14 turnovers for Cam, that's a concern. Um, and two, um, as a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine say, DJ is basically a war horse. When you look at him, he's massive, big, um, certainly you feel like he could take the beating if you, if you go in there and all that stuff. And, and for the most part, I think he protects the ball, you know, very well. I don't, I don't know his numbers offhand. I want to say 27 and two or three, uh, as far as interceptions, I could be off a little bit on the total numbers, but I think overall, I, I think, uh, protecting the ball is a big thing, um, for me, but I think they're both very high, but that's kind of what I've kind of heard through, you know, the process that I, I feel like both of them are very high. And it's one where we felt like DJ early on was the guy. And then there was some, then there started buzz with about Cam as well. I think, and I've said this with you before when I was on here, I think Cam is the more dynamic one. Mm-hmm. Also one that can probably turn the ball over a little bit more. Uh, yeah. than the other one. So it's kind of like juggling, you know, which one is the best fit overall of, Hey, this guy can do everything we want. So let's roll with him. So I don't think there's like a definitive, we're going after this guy, but I, I, that's just kind of the, the body language I got from the interviews and just throughout the weekend of, of just, if I was picking one that I think they would push a little bit harder would be Cam, but uh, it's close. Yeah, I agree. I, you know what, Michael, uh, I totally agree when it comes to dynamic, ver- big, big boom rate, big bust rate for Cam relative to DJ, which is a little safer. And he has his down moments too, where like he, there are wide open dudes and he misses them. Right. Uh, right. But he protects the ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cam's rushing numbers are huge. But then yeah. DJ, that offense that uh, is now moving to Michigan State is impressive. There's a lot of pro style under center elements to it. It's very multiple yeah. the way that Mike runs his offense. I think it's a more natural fit. But it'll be interesting to see what they prioritize because it seemed to me, Michael, you were there. You were hearing the, the questions and the answers from DJ today. Mm-hmm. It seemed like if they want me, I'm here. That's the yeah. energy yeah. I yeah. felt from that, from that interview. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was trying to illustrate. And, and too, like I said, now, I've said this before, if if you're looking for a boom for recruiting, both of them are going to be boom for recruiting because both of them are very well-known recruiting. Well, I think DJ was the number one rated uh, quarterback out in the country when he came out of high school, a five-star. Um, certainly, he has a lot of credentials to him, uh, as I said. It's just about what one did you trust the most for this team? That's the thing people forget. It's like, it's not what they did for their other team. It's not what... Cam Ward did for Washington State. It's not what DJ did for uh, Oregon State. It's does this guy fit what the players we have now? Now Mike can organize and Mike's shown, and I think that's why Cam is so very interesting in FSU because he's shown the ability to adjust to a guy that's maybe not the typical Mike Norvell quarterback. If you look at the history of, of a guy just really electric and runs around, I think most of his quarterbacks are, are mobile, but they you know, past first guys. So, um, and Jordan wasn't that when he first got him, you know, they had to develop that with Jordan with his passing. So I think that, that also was heavy intrigue with, with Cam of how they utilize that, that they, they were able to develop him. And, and I think that's a big part, but I think it's too, like the calming demeanor is, is also another thing that I, I really like just, uh, when I'm around DJ. So it's, it's going to be an interesting decision of what they do. And I, I feel both of them, you know, I think if, if 
one way or the other, if they made a pick and they wanted to, I think they feel good about, you know, both of them. I, I've heard more about Cam just because on what you said, like, hey, if you want me, I'll, or, or DJ, hey, if you want me, I'll take you. But then Cam, it's more like, you know, reserve where we know you visited Miami. You know, you visited, uh, you know, FSU. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of dynamics of which one you choose. I think so, some people would be like, hey, let's take Cam so it screws Miami the most because uh, <laughs> that's the one they're going after. So I think uh, I think it's really just comes down to comfort and what fits you as a program. And that's something they'll have to figure out and decide. But uh, I don't think you could really go wrong, Tom, with either one of them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I uh, tend to agree. It'll be interesting to see what Florida State, what the players decide over the next few days. I would imagine, Michael, obviously, that neither of them put a real timeline on it, but sooner than later, you got to be enrolled for spring and, yeah. and get in uh, to classes so you can participate, get to know the offense. It'll be fascinating to document. But let's pivot now a little bit more to the high school side. Uh, oh, I, I should comment on that. William put a comment in there. Um, you know, Florida State's reputation as a developer of quarterbacks, that's, that's a great thing to have as a reputation. Yeah. Uh, after the Jordan thing worked out and it passed yeah. with flying colors, that is what gets you blue chippers to run, whether it's yeah. in the portal or it's out of high school ranks, to make sure that they see what you're all about. So that's that's a great thing that Florida State's reputation is there. But we yeah. want to take questions now from Michael in terms of recruiting. I'll start with Tony Greco's because you asked him the question, this five-star plus prospect, and we, we got a little video short of it up on social media. Uh, about are you going to sign with Florida State on Wednesday? Michael was not having it. He said, "Come on, are the yep. games being played here, KJ? Are you go, you know?" And so he said, "What to you? And what sense did you get when you were standing next to KJ Bolden for the interview?" It wasn't. The, it, I mean, it's a funny story how what led to that because um, Grandma was obviously, you know, <laughs> Grandma's there ready to go, and um, so we were able to figure something out. Um, you get KJ for like one minute. And I was like, uh, if he comes back over here, I'm just going to ask him directly, are you signing with FSU? Um, the answer was kind of good, but it wasn't what I wanted to hear, like solidified, like stand, stand, stay up on it. It's done. It, I, I know Georgia and Auburn are still working hard behind the scenes. Uh, my take was like it was not exa- everything I was wanting to hear, but it's kind of one of those things where he said things that you liked, but it wasn't like the final I, I'm moving on. Like he has called the Auburn and Georgia coaches and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going here. Uh, I still think they're working hard behind the scenes. And I think, I think FSU feels good and the people around KJ feel good that, that it would likely be FSU, but at the same time, it's not gonna, uh, not gonna make me feel at ease until certainly that letter of intent comes in on Wednesday. I think fans are going to sweat it out just to tell you guys how I'm feeling. I mean, I, I feel it's likely, but at the same time, I was looking for a, I'm shutting it down. This is where I'm going, uh, for sure thing. Um, now, now, maybe that's out of respect for Auburn and Georgia. Maybe you want to call them up later and say, hey, coach, I appreciate you recruiting me. But uh, maybe he didn't want to say that at that point without talking to them. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of 
a probably another dynamic, but um, I think FSU knows like one, they did everything that they wanted to hit on. And, and I'll say, I said this last night and when I did some nuggets, I mean, the feeling around the visit was a guy that plans on being there. Like that, that was the feeling around the visit. Um, now, like I said, people are going to sweat until he does it. Um, but I think, uh, you know, certainly you still have to put it in a uh, you know, position. Cause I said, going into it, need to know kind of where you're at and, uh, and where and it's like, Hey, are you coming or not? And I wasn't going to let you guys down though, when I got him a second time, you give me a second chance. I want to make sure I get it right. So I want to make sure that that question was out there. And then there was some follow-up questions about if you're visiting Auburn, you said, no, I'm not going on any on that, that visit there. So, um, but overall, I don't think it's it's not going to be finished until we get that final thing. Sorry, guys, Travis Hunter has is, is burned me forever, yeah. so I'm I'm just very hesitant until I get the you know final thing where we hear like both from Auburn contacts, Georgia contacts, people close to KJ and FSU that it, it's done. But um, at the same time, I I am going to give you some positive that I do feel like people around KJ and people and from the FSU side feel that it's likely that they're, they're, they're in good shape, you know, but it's just one of those situations where you have to be careful. It wasn't like Cam Davis interview. Yeah. No. I, I hear you on that. Okay. Yeah. So this is a fool's errand, Michael, but you know, we're peeking around the corner as a fan base looking for danger because of the, the Hunter situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a natural response. Yep. There was a, again, here's the fool's errand trying to break down tweets, but I just want to present this to you. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter just a little bit ago. Uh, in which uh, K.J. Bolden tweets out uh, something to the effect of uh, the old eyeball emoji, and he tags L.J. McCray in it. I know Director Ben's got it behind the scenes. Uh, But then there that is. He posts that to L.J. McCray, and he's saying, come on, basically. And then L.J. McCray responds with, I'm thinking on it emoji. Mm -hmm. Now, Michael, that could be a good thing, or it could be, you know, Auburn, uh, (laughs) who's working very hard on both of those guys. Yeah. Again, it's we're parsing social media. This is part of the game, I suppose. But when you see that, does that you know tip off anything to you, or are you just thinking, I don't know, maybe they could, maybe maybe Bolden is lobbying for the Knowles to go grab McCray and bring him to Tallahassee. I mean, there's a hundred different ways you could think of it. I think it's more like KJ enjoys recruiting, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a feeling or not. Um, you could take that as certainly pro FSU. I have heard behind the scenes that he has been recruiting you know, fairly hard uh, for FSU. That was kind of the, the wording I got um, through people around uh, their, their side. But, I mean, you could take that a hundred different ways. We know Auburn's trying to get him, but we also know Florida feels good about their position with McCray. You know, so uh, I, I would lean more towards just uh, the FSU side of it. But, it, again, you could take that a you know, hundred different ways. And like I said, I feel KJ enjoys this, this energy around recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of commented on that, like <laughs> about the reporters. I think, uh, I think Chad Simmons said something like, Hey, uh, I don't, I think this one's still interesting and, and stuff like that. And, and I think KJ was responding to that. I can't, I can't imagine he's responding to me just asking him questions, uh, but, um, or, or the media, but, that were on site, but I I think it's more just to, I think he enjoys this, this stuff. I think he likes it. And I also think like there hasn't been a final, you know, call where he's called the other apps and said, look, Mm -hmm. appreciate you doing this, but you know, this is where I'm going. Um, Now maybe 
that leaks uh, in the next uh, day or so or 48 hours or whatnot before Wednesday. But um, certainly I think he enjoys uh, – that's the impression I got. He, and, he enjoys all this stuff. But um, that's kind of where things said as far as what I've heard throughout that weekend on him. So 15 minutes or so more. We want questions for Michael on this recruiting class. And you can ask portal questions too like yeah. Uh, yeah. Jen does. Uh, that, this question came in close to the top of the show. Uh, just wanting to know, why don't we have any portal commits yet? Why don't we have any portal commits yet? So do you think, Michael, that's because the quarterback's got to make a call and then maybe there's a domino effect there? Or uh, what are your thoughts? My thing is, I've told you guys this from the start. Uh, if you're on War Chant, you know exactly how I feel. Like, they are going to be very selective of getting the right guys. Like, they're not going to just jump in. And I, I think uh, the only thing that surprised me with Cam in the interview was, like, you know, it felt like at first you felt like he was kind of in a hurry to do it. Then you kind of, when we interviewed him, was like, no, he's not actually in a hurry. So I think, I think that plays into it. And I think it's just FSU making sure they get it right. I know you guys see Ole Miss getting tr- trillion uh, commits and, and all these other schools. And so I get that, uh, Jen, of why you would ask that question. But I think it's more about they feel good about some certain guys. So while they haven't committed, they feel like, they're going to get this guy. There's certain guys that they feel like they're going to get this guy. Um, but uh, I wouldn't read too much into they haven't got a commit yet. You got, you got a while. Um, I know they're going to host kids on January 3rd uh, weekend. So there's going to be guys and there's, there's guys that, that is materializing with their plan. I think their plan is still pretty solidly in place of what they want for every position, but I wouldn't really panic about, you know, getting them immediately committed. I think you have to make sure it's right before you just take guys that are talented. There's a process to this more so than just, hey, this guy was really good and he's got really uh, great stats and his PFF grade is incredible and and we got to have him. It's like, he's got to fit you. Like, he's got to fit Florida State. And and when you look at their history the last two years of their hit rate of, of these guys, there's a reason for that because they were very selective. They were very careful about they know this guy fits everything. And and as I said, with these visits uh, with the quarterbacks, it wasn't just, oh, these quarterbacks are coming in. They got to show that FSU, you know, uh, or FSU wants them. It's a job interview for both sides. It's not just one side where you got to see as FSU, like, hey, does this guy fit our, our culture and our team? Do the players like him? Do they connect? Do, does he have a connectability to them uh, from a culture standpoint? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. And it's not just, if they're talented and I know people like to tag me every time there's a guy that enters the portal and it's like, are they going after? And it's like, there's a, there's a lot of uh, in-depth background process when it comes to researching all these guys. Like they're talking to anybody that has some kind of relationship with this player to make sure that this guy is, is the best. It's like, it's like just go, if you're in business and you're choosing the right company, that you're going to merge with or you're going to have a relationship with that's going to help you, you're going to make sure it it fits you. And I think that's what they're doing. And I do think they'll get the guys they, they value, but at the same time, there's a, a, a significant process to a timeline as far as how they want to do it. And they're not going to do it until they know for sure they're sold on it. Yeah, uh, and for a lack of a better term, they're brutal with the with the transfers. Like they they yeah. really, I mean, it's it's not quite NFL combine weird energy where you hear about yeah. those weird questions players get, but they are blunt. They are honest, and if they don't like the response that they get or even the smallest detail, 
like uh, holding a, a door open for your mother, something yep. along those lines. If they don't like any of it, they don't want that in the locker room. They can develop you out of high school a little bit more. They'll give you more leeway. You're younger. Right. But if you're 21, 22, and you haven't gotten to that place, they don't take you. And, and they talk about that behind yeah. us. Yeah, and I've seen that last year, guys, for firsthand where a kid took an official visit. I'm not going to say who the kid was, but it was more all the way mindset was always NIL, NIL, uh, everything centric. And they liked his skill, but they passed on that kid uh, because they he took official visit and they they went cold on it because there's certain things they look for. They want to see how you handle accountability uh, as far as whatever position you play. They're going to check with everything to see if that fits. Uh, Cause you come to FSU, there's going to be accountability in everything you do, whether it's academics, whether it's, uh, you know, meetings, making sure everything is important of if you play for Mike Norvell, you know, you got to be a guy that that's going to fit that culture of, of what he's established. I mean, he's, it's taking him three years to get uh, that set up. He sure as hell ain't going to do something to mess that up or change that. So uh, there's got to be accountability. He wants you to be yourself, but he wants to make sure that fits into their cycle, what they're doing, because you want to be a smooth transition for everyone. So he knows what he's coming into, the player, and then the coaches know what they're getting. You know, so I, I don't think there's any surprise. I think that's probably why you see so many young kids play so early at FSU, because they already knew what, what was expected uh, when they got there. And the same thing with portal kids, why they settled in so quickly is, they got the right guys and and to get the right guys, you have to be very, uh, a lot of vetting and a lot of making sure that this guy, because there, there might be a guy that maybe is a little less talented than the guy that's higher up on, you know, the board as far as like talent. But uh, if he doesn't fit what you do, mm-hmm. then eventually he's going to go back on the portal anyway, and he doesn't fit. And so you're looking again to that same spot. So I think this staff is very, very careful and selective of, of the guys they want here. Yeah, NIL is uh, toxic enough for anybody in any locker room. You don't need to add a culture, like a bad fit culture-wise on top of that. It gives you enough yeah. headaches as it is. Yeah, Nearly- go ahead. I was just going to say, and let's end this stuff. Like, I see this stuff all over Twitter. Like, FSU has an NIL problem. They do not have an NIL problem, okay? They have, like, 5,000 members from Battles In. They're, they're fine. That group has done a phenomenal job. There's no problems just because – Say if a kid's going to flip from FSU, it doesn't mean that FSU didn't do their part in NIL. So uh, people need to let I, – I think that's like a defense mechanism, Tom, of people when yeah. you don't get a guy. They think like, oh, you, you, you're you either stingy with your money or, or the NIL stinks. There's nothing – no NIL problems, guys. So please – I mean, just stop that narrative. Like are there kids that believe in certain places that are a little better? Yes. But is there uh, NIL problems? No, no, there's no new NIL problems. So just squash that and let's get, let me, let's move on to something else. Yeah. The other thing is you're bidding against yourself if you overpay for one player one year because then the next year you got to pay more and more and more. So there's, there's a guardrail, but yeah, money's not an issue. They've got it. They've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nearly 1,400 of you watching right now. We want to let you know as we hit one of the biggest weeks of the year on warchant.com that we've got a special for you on the website side. We want to see some of you, nearly 1,400. There's got to be some people who are just hearing about us for the first time, watching us for the first time. Welcome here. Hit the thumbs up button underneath the video. The channel is always free, so you can subscribe here for absolutely free. But we've got a signing day special for you right now, $54.99 for one 
year. That is a tremendous special. You are going to love Warchant.com. Everything from the recruiting side of the operation, which is what we're doing right now. This is the season. This is Michael Langston's season when he goes to work. Well, Matt Lasser doing a great job like landing the Cam Ward interview. He landed an exclusive yesterday. You want to read things like that, insights like that, you got to sign up for Warchant.com. That's the special Unlimited access and scoop, as it says, the signing day special for a year at half price. Outstanding savings. Give us a shot. Let us earn your business. We can't wait to show off for you this week at Warchant.com and Warchant TV. And, Michael, tonight on the channel, there's a new method that people are tuning in. They're on Instagram. We're finally oh, getting wow. because the players go on Instagram all the time. That's where we're going to be pulling a lot of signing ceremonies from. On Wednesday, as those things come in. So hello to everybody on Instagram. The one issue, Michael, is that when they comment and ask questions, it doesn't appear in our feed. So Director Ben has let me know that Instagram really, really, specifically that social media wants to know a lot about Marvin Jones Jr. What do you got in in terms of that particular transfer arriving on campus and some of the the behind-the-scenes things that you've heard for the past few days? Yeah, so for instance, like for people that were wondering when I – I mentioned like uh, as I was leaving that he opted not to interview guys. That was not a surprise. <laughs> it's like, cause if you watch the whole weekend, they were sneaking him around, you know, he, he was being incognito where he wanted to just absorb everything and not have this be some, you know, circus show of, of, Hey, you know, legacy recruit back on campus. Um, I, I think I think FSU did a phenomenal job of making sure like he's treated as Marvin Jones um, and not just uh, the legacy uh, recruit uh, son of a, a legacy recruit. I don't think that was ever brought up. It was like in the, and they were talking like we like the Marvin Jones, the person and we like Marvin Jones the, Jr. the player. You know, so uh, I think it's went really good. I, I feel it's likely um, that that the ultimate result is good uh, for FSU. Good news. I, I do feel, I do feel confidence in that. Um, I think uh, he's coveted uh, from them. Um, it, it, I will say this too with, with Marvin. Um, he's not, if people are thinking like he's Jermaine Johnson and you come right in and it's immediate impact guy, he's not that yet. Like, will he be that? I think he can be, but there's some development still to clean up with his game. There's a lot of time he had at Georgia where he played, but there's stuff to clean up and into the system. But they they also definitely know uh, what type of talent he would bring, especially to the depth, and and, and certainly he would play. Uh, there's no question he would get on the field and uh, certainly had a great plan of, of how they're going to w- would orchestrate that as far as his skill level. And uh, But overall, I think it went really good. But like I said, he was very reserved and – um, chatted with me a few times when, when he'd come by and, uh, you know, just, uh, I could tell he was, it was very business-like and football oriented of, I want to see everything, but I also don't want to be it where when he was in high school, it's more fanfare and people taking notes of you. But now you're in college, it's kind of, it's all business to see if this was everything that he had hoped. And I, everything I've heard is, is, is pretty positive of, of how the visit resonated with him. I think, um, they were jetting out on a plane around 8.50. He took in a practice, two practices, actually. Mm. I think the day before he was at practice, went to a meeting, all these things. So he got to get the full experience of, of what it would be like as a player, and, and I think it went pretty good. 
Okay. Well, that's good news. I didn't hear that yet. See, you know, like sometimes things come right before the show, and, and Michael's giving me news just as he's giving everybody news here on Warchan TV. Hit the like button if you like that update because that sounds very promising for Marvin Jones Jr. and uh, coming home, so to speak, to Florida State. Yeah. Last couple of questions here on Sunday Smash presented by State Farm agent Russ Forhis, an awesome seminal in his own right. Uh, Mark asks, Ohio State's quarterback situation is in more doubt than FSU. So does FSU need to sign one of these guys for Jeremiah Smith to flip? I'm assuming he's talking about the transfer portal. Right. Uh, yeah, that that's true, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's maybe a high-profile flip to Nebraska. They've got a guy yeah. that just went to Syracuse out of the transfer portal. Florida State might be in a more stable position. What say you? Yeah, I mean, they have, have a bunch of young, uh, great young uh, quarterbacks. I think very highly of Brock Glenn. I think very obviously highly of Luke Kromahawk. I've said that many times. And um, you, you also still have Tate there. Although, if you get a transfer portal quarterback, I think the uh, kind of expectation is after the bowl game, you would think it's hard to see him sticking that you know, out, uh, in my opinion. But, yeah, I do think it's important to get a top quarterback uh you know prospect certainly um either one of those guys i think is going to do the trick but yeah i mean jeremiah does want to know that you're you're getting one so that's why i think there's a process to this stuff but then that's why i think they wanted to get these guys in there so they can kind of decide you know who they're going to push the hardest for or get um so uh, you get that done and you would think it it won't take long now that they've visited um so we'll see. But yeah, I do think it's it's pivotal when you're w- w- with Jeremiah Smith and I think a lot of players of just getting uh, a top notch quarterback because guys want to see who they're going to play with. Uh, and let's face it, you know, if Jeremiah came to FSU, he's going to play a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to want to know who the guy is, uh, have a feeling with him. So, yeah, I think it's very important uh, to uh, certainly get a quarterback to entice you know, a, a talented prospect like him. Not only that, the talented prospects that you have coming in from high school, like Elijah Moore, you know, uh, Cam, uh, Camden Fryer, uh, all these BJ Gibson, all these guys that are coming in, they might be able to be able to work with him. So, yeah, I think it's very important. I'm a big Elijah Moore fan. I look forward to seeing him on campus, yeah. Michael. He's uh, that's a talent right there. Uh, so related to that, kind of you already hit on this. We're, we're going to say if Jeremiah flips and Florida State gets great news, we're going to expel him from this answer. <laughs> Besides KJ, because we know he's going to play if he got, if he comes here. Besides KJ, what other incoming freshmen may play early? You put your eyes on these guys years in advance. Michael, who do you think is developed enough in the 24 class to come in and play in year one? Well, I think Elijah Moore is going to play a lot just because they don't have a lot of big guys like him physically. They have height, but – just big physical guys that can go across the middle. Uh, he seems to fit that that category. Um, I think I think he's a guy that you could see getting in some you know early playing time as far as you know getting on the field. I think he's a guy that won press a lot. I think um, I think the linebacker position, Jaden Parrish, is one that I think will get into that rotation as well. Uh, you know, South Florida uh, baller that I, I think very highly of. Uh, that I feel like uh, he can come in there and he can certainly help your depth. I'm not saying he's going to be pushing for the, you know, ones or twos, but I think he will, you know, have a mold in a, in a, in a, in a spot in there as far as uh, them getting him very active. So that those are kind of a, a couple of guys. Um, man, there's so many. Um, I think, I think Lester could help you a lot on special teams early on. Uh, we'll have to see where he ultimately ends up. Uh, I actually ran into Charles, by the way, as, as I was waiting for all these, 
guys there and Charles got his uh I guess his his letter and everything is he bring home the the sign and so he's excited about you know being someone else so that's a guy that I don't think Charles from a position standpoint will be like ready in there but I think I think on special teams he's a guy that's a weapon and I think they could use and utilize uh you know I think early playing time you could certainly see him you know doing some work on special teams so those are uh, a few of the guys. I think BJ Gibson's very uh, unheralded. Like, you know, kind of, uh, he does a lot of the similar things that people see with Ja'Kai Douglas. So he's very, he's very, uh, you know, a swift army knife, you might say. Just he can yeah. use, you can use outside, you can use inside, and uh, just a dynamic, uh, you know, receiver that could, you could certainly potentially help you out there. And then um, depending on what they land, I think uh, there's some other guys like, you know, McCray and, and, and Smith and, and certainly that we would add in there to go along with, um, you know, KJ Bolden. But uh, I think those are some of the few that's off the top of my head. So, Michael, this is uh, obviously uh, the big week. Um, yeah. I know you, you enjoy it coming and then you enjoy it going maybe all the more <laughs> when it's all said and done. Uh, but just in terms of your next 24 hours, like, folks, if you're putting in the chat right now, for example, what are your predictions? We're going to do that before Wednesday. Yeah. But tonight's not that night. More intel needs to be yeah. gathered from this final OV weekend and, and maybe some of the final whispers from guys like a Jeremiah Smith before those things come about. Uh, but what's your next uh, day or so, like, Michael, as we gear towards Wednesday where we're going to have a lot of content? Well, I think a lot of it is you're trying to figure out, one, when the ceremonies are, when the signings are, uh, making sure you have all the information and intel for that. Um, one guy we haven't talked about is defensive end Amari Williams, who visits four-star defensive end high school kid. I think it went really well with him. I feel re- I feel pretty good about where FSU sits coming out of that visit. He wouldn't answer us if he was going to sign uh, on Wednesday, but uh, you kind of felt like just the way his body language was that there's a good chance he will. But uh, that's a guy that I feel like they did a great job over the weekend with. But overall, just uh, first you're you're finding out when these guys are doing it, and then you're just gathering intel of you know, we'll have predictions. Uh, we'll have, you know, maybe uh, nightly nuggets uh, if I have enough that we can throw in there. Um, kind of difficult. In a, in, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad just where you have a select few of guys that you're monitoring uh, compared to like previous years where we've done this where you, you're following like five or six guys and it's more so two or three uh, probably this year. So I, I think you're just checking on Intel and we'll – we might even do like a five to watch or something like that, you know, for high school that will get ready. But it's just a lot of intel behind the scenes breaking down to make sure everything goes as, as kind of we expected. Uh, you know, so uh, I'm always checking on this stuff. As I mentioned to people uh, at the start of this, we'll have a recruit wrap. It won't, it won't be late tonight. So if you need to go to bed, I understand. But it'll be late tonight because I got to make some calls, see what goes on. And then and then um, I will, uh, you know, probably have a recruiting wrap to kind of discuss uh, more of these uh, recruitments in detail, but we'll have it the next, you know, 48 hours and stuff to get you guys ready for that Wednesday. But, uh, you know, we'll be ready. But uh, overall, I think too, the thing we almost unappreciate Tom at times is like what guys they already have in this class. Uh, You know, we mentioned them earlier, Cam Davis, phenomenal running back, Luke Romanhawk, incredible quarterback, Elijah Moore, a lot of these guys, uh, it's a really good class, uh, regardless of what they keep or, or don't keep. You want to keep everyone but that you have committed, but I think overall we sometimes lose sight of how good of a class they've done and uh, the guys they put together. Um, so overall, I think uh, 
it, it's pretty solid. You just want to finish it and make sure you keep the guys you're supposed to, and then maybe, you know, flip one or two if you can in there. But I think overall, uh, both me and Matt will be uh, very busy, uh, you know, just kind of getting everything ready. But that's kind of where my plan is the next two days is just getting everything set up for, you know, what will be a Wednesday. And, and Tom is right. It's more uh, exciting for me of the going than it is getting to it. So I I enjoy the going, but then we can focus on the portal and then, you know, some more 2025 stuff. But overall guys, uh, you know, we live for the stuff and that's why I do it. I love, I love what I do and I love, uh, you know, the grind of it. And, um, you know, we'll see if they can finish the way they hope they do. Hat tip again to Matt Lasserre from behind the scenes. A uh, big part of the recruiting coverage we have here. Michael Langston is the senior recruiting analyst for Warchant.com. My assumption is uh, we don't know a time, uh, a precise one yet, but Tuesday night we'll get together again. I would think for a brief, yep. you know, a primer the night before. We'll get together right, right here on Warchant TV. You'll find us on Tuesday night here, setting the tone for Wednesday when we're gonna. I mean, we go a long time on Wednesday. Yep. We yep. get together in the morning. There's a handoff to the Jeff Cameron show at one o'clock on the same link. And then, you know, usually, Michael, it's done by about three Eastern. But if it isn't, then we'll keep going live until that last person has their signing ceremony. So it's going to be a jam packed few days on Warchant TV, Warchant.com. Hit the like button under the video. Subscribe to the channel. It's free and head over to Warchant.com for the latest. Again, if you if you have this thing, folks, where, you know, Michael, I'm getting into my 40s now soon. I wake up in the middle of the night every night. Mm-hmm. So if you're like me and so many people out there, that's when you head over to the PRB. There might be in the middle of the night some Definitely. nuggets from Michael. But yeah. uh, as always, Michael, I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, a week of hopefully not hell, but uh, heaven, heavenly, heavenly development. Positive thinking. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you go to more uh, for these visits. You don't know. Uh, sometimes we have to change things and be in fluid as far as when I'll pop in on signing day. But um, overall, I'm excited about it, uh, you know, just to finish off the the year uh certainly it's been a great year uh, for fsu on the field 13 and 0 um regardless of what happens in this you know final game um don't let rival fans take that away from me no fans like what they've done this year is just monstrous as far as uh this game so understand that we know there's gonna be a lot of opt-outs we've already seen that some today so soak it all in and understand uh where your program is headed and it's headed in a really good direction. And I think uh, Tom said this at the start, the fact that the two quarterbacks came in uh, for visits tells you of how FSU is viewed from a national standpoint uh, for two great quarterbacks. So I think that really speaks to the volume of how far this program's come with Mike. So soak it all in guys, except the don't let the rivals fans get to you where they're, this is what they do because they have nothing else. They don't have a season to lean on. You do. So remember that. That's true. It is 8.06 on the East Coast, and the playoff committee is still a bunch of shills. Uh, for Michael Langston, the senior recruiting analyst for uh, our own Irish Chaffel, who started the program tonight. He's the managing editor of Warchant.com. Director Ben, behind the scenes, who always does phenomenal work. My name is Tom Lang. This has been Sunday Smash, presented by State Farm agent Russ Voorhis. Support him. Florida, Georgia, Alabama. He can serve all of you across those three states russvorhis.com. Good night, everybody. We'll be talking to you very soon on Warchant TV and Warchant.com.